You're listening to Cosplay Bites, the podcast that takes a closer look at the world of cosplay, conventions, and all the nerdy bits and bites. Brought to you by the Lightning Palace and proudly sponsored by Anchor. Join me as I discuss a variety of topics and conventions alongside the joy of bringing your favorite characters to life. All right, what's going on? Here's another episode of Cosplay Bites for you on this happy journey through quarantine. Um, I'm your host, Blue Lightning, and I have Mink back with me Hello. again for another arousing discussion. Uh, yeah, how you doing? I am blessed and highly favored. Yeah, that's all you can hope to be. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those unaware, go through the same song and dance. Uh, Cosplay Bites is the podcast all about your cosplay news, uh, updates, stories about conventions, and all that fun stuff. But considering that basically cons are taking the rest of this year off, uh, I'm trying to take this opportunity to dive into other topics um, that aren't just convention wrap-ups or recaps. Although, if I'm able to get that, I'm not going to say no to that. So... Um, before we dive into things, um, shout out to my fellow uh, patrons over on my Patreon. I have uh, Coralia Jade, Kat Yuska Moonfox, Kendall, Mink the Seder, Nicole Marie Jean, Noah, Oh My Sophie, and Shaylin. And I'm um, still on my blog hiatus, but that'll get started up uh, first week of June. So get ready for posts to start coming in again and with that being said um we're actually why don't we do um mink you told me earlier that you've been sewing all day what have you been working on uh well i am working on another cosplay i've been slowly whittling away at my 151 Pokemon costumes and darn it I'm not gonna let a little thing like lockdown keep me from making my timelines <laughs> uh yeah it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of folks have been expressing similarly I have also been expressing that without these conventions coming up it's kind of hard to find your motivation to work on a costume but Sure. The reality is that thanks to having a Patreon, um, I have at least my patrons to work for. So, right. <laughs> so they're like my many bosses. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm <laughs> producing to <clears throat> keep myself moving forward and not get out of the routine of, of my usual habits. So I am working on a kind of a project if i am honest with myself i'm working on making the nidorans not nidorina nidorino nido king nido queen i mean specifically nidoran male nidoran female um i'm going to be doing them back to back so my goal is to finish nidoran female and i'd love to get her photographed in the next day or so oh shoot yeah that's something well, I've been sitting on this design since late uh, late April, I believe. Um, hmm. When uh, when I moved to lockdown, I sort of had to start planning a month to two months in advance. So right now, I'm wrapping up neater and female, and then in the next couple of days, I need to plan for the next costume I'm going to work on after I finish neater and male, because what's going to need to happen is I'm going to need to design it. Then I'm going to need to um, figure out what I need materials wise and order that ASAP with all of the services um, for non-essential items being on low priority. You have to plan a month in advance, especially with fabrics. Yeah. So my goal is to spend the next 30-ish days working on a costume 
so that by the time I'm finished, the materials for the next costume are already there. So I'm constantly engaged in doing something. I'm not sitting on my hands. You're not having a break to break your flow. Yeah, exactly. And I've certainly lived that life where I was sitting there being like, oh my God, I just want this fabric to come. Oh my God, I just want this fabric to come. Why is this fabric not here? Yeah. But you know, this is this is our new normal for at least a little while. I suspect over the summer, as um, the state that I live in starts to move into phase one and two of opening back up, that I'm going to notice that some things are going to ship a little bit quicker than others. But at the same time, I'm not sitting right. here like holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I really haven't been keeping up with how my state's going through their reopening. I feel like they may be in the first phase or so. I don't know, but yeah, it's certainly been something. Um, Well, it's cosplay in the time of COVID. We have to figure out how to stay safe while simultaneously figuring out how to navigate our new world. Right. And sort of a nice segue into the main topic. Um, you said you've been planning out and ordering stuff for your next outfit after the needle rands have been completed. Um, do you find yourself budgeting? <laughs> That's a loaded <laughs> question. Uh, sort of, yes. I... I'm fortunate that I have um, a number of patrons who sponsor me on Patreon. But before I had my Patreon, it was far more impactful when I would purchase uh, materials for making costumes. Not to say that, you know, my Patreon covers all of my cosplay expenses. Unfortunately, it doesn't cover all of my expenses. So I am still uh taking a financial hit every time i i make a new costume but does it offset it oh enormously uh the important thing is to just kind of understand ahead of time what you are willing to pay per costume out of pocket and how often you're willing to do that yeah so like before i had a you know a a sponsorship um i was making maybe like three to five costumes per year at most. And these costumes were ranging between $100 and $300. So when you do the math, like, you know, I I could be clocking it at something like a maximum of $1,500 of personal expense annual, Hmm. which I was willing to do back in like 2016. (laughs) that was that was the hobby that i did instead of going to bars and drinking right or you know buying the latest and greatest fashion was this was my hobby and this was the thing that i i gave myself money to spend on but now as i you know move into 2020 um i'm i'm making a costume a month and that expense could be as little as $200 and as much as a grand. Depending on all the intricacies of the design and what you feel would be best to help represent um, your, I guess, vision of the cosplay come to life, so to speak, right? Yes. And that does come with the caveat of like, I'm not paying myself. So that is not a factor when I'm calculating costs. Yeah. So in case you haven't figured it out by now, this may be a very financial centered episode. We're not going to talk about your 401ks or your IRAs or stuff like that, but more so, you know, cosplay can teach you a lot of things um, to possibly use in your own personal life. And budgeting is one of them. Um, Specifically, I know in the case for me, when it came to making my outfits, um, that usually would um, 
you know, we'd start by gathering a lot of reference pictures, reference materials of the character in question. Um, if you wanted to create your own design, um, like either like a Gajinka or like steampunk transform the character, um, maybe you would draw it out. Um, you don't really need to have an artistic side of you to like fully bring it to life as long as you can like map out what you'd want it to look like. And then it just comes down to, um, I know I would like label certain things of like, okay, I need to get this. I need to get that. I need to get these materials. Um, <coughs> I would say that compared to like the last couple of years, I, I, I'll even say like within the last 10 years of, cosplay as a hobby now growing to this like massive still expanding industry um i feel like materials are a lot more easier to obtain especially when you have like individuals like um yaya han with her fabric line um being populated at various joanne fabric stores or people like um SKS props with his HD foam also at um, craft stores. Um, yeah, you can get UVA foam and Warbler at like Joann's and Michael's now. Which is weird because <laughs> back in my day, I had to go to cosplaysupplies.com and it right, would be. And cosplaysupplies.com is still a fabulous place to get oh, absolutely. Um, bulk amounts of what you need. So I still go to cosplaysupplies.com just because for the amount of warbler and the specialty warblers that I need. Yeah, it makes sense. Or like I'll go to TNT cosplay because I need a specific amount in a specific thickness of a specific kind of EVA foam. But being able to go to michael's or joanne's just like pop in and get large generic sheets of craft foam is fabulous yeah. I mean, it, it's replaced what we used to do which was go into your local hardware store and buy the puzzle mat foam that always uh, came with yeah. the unusable side yeah 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 i think i still have my leftovers somewhere in my basement in my cosplay supplies bag of leftover fabric. Well, that and, used to um, be the gold standard is we would have <laughs> to use that giant thick floor mat foam. And if we were lucky, it wasn't the, um, the textured side wasn't terribly deep so that you could maybe sand it off. Oh yeah. Easily remove it. It was that or like you'd have to go get um, the sheets of, of craft foam and they never came in, in very large pieces. So you were like, okay, I guess this is what I get now. Yeah, yeah I know one time I, I bought like this, this. I remember it was for my Aquaman outfit because he had an armor chest piece. And then I wanted to make dozens upon dozens of little triangles for the scales in his like armor chest piece and i remember i got like a bundle of like i think 50 or 100 those like normal regular size crack foam sheet in a box and i feel like i didn't even break a dent into that amount like in making like all the triangles um for the armor sheet like i still have a good chunk still sitting around in my cosplay supplies bag. That's um, kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I still have like a lot of, um, tracing paper left over, uh, mainly for some of the patterns that I've used. Cause I mean, I, you never know. I mean, cosplay or not, maybe I'll need craft foam for this project or that project, or maybe I do want to get back into making outfits. And I at least have a solid amount to work with instead of spending who knows how much money um you'd have to spend um, well let me tell you cosplay is definitely a hobby that encourages hoarding and i say this because i've been able to make costumes during uh lockdown because i've hoarded stuff like i've got zippers and more thread than 
is probably reasonable. Um, but like, <laughs> it really, it really does benefit to to have a, a weird horde supply of of your your stuff. Yeah, I still have all a good. I think either close to or the full amount of all the paint I've collected over the years, all the colors, all the various shades. Like I still have my art kit from like back in college that I use like a bunch of brushes that I've never even touched before. Like I got like a, a, a bundle or like, yeah, I think it was like a bundle or a pack of like sponge brushes to use for some, um, painting, so like, I still have a ton of that. Um, yeah, I feel that um, if you want to, if you want to make a cosplay, it's it's never not. Oh, what am what am I saying? It's not a bad thing to start small, of course. Like every everyone started small. They came from somewhere before building the gigantic, you know, like diva mech suit, or you got the guy that did like the bumblebee. Transformers outfit or the Hulk Buster, but um, everyone's got to start somewhere. And like one of the best things you can do for yourself is either or definitely just like make a list of things that you need to make after you like labeled out your design and then just factor in how much you think it could cost, maybe by doing like some online research on like Amazon or stuff before. You could try to figure out, like, okay, I could get this at the store. I could go run to the store and get this and that. Um, I know for a time, um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's still widely used. I think it is. Um, there was the Cost Planner app. Oh, yeah. I downloaded it. And the Cost Planner app is good if you intend to work in small chunks and you intend to like keep yourself organized, it's challenging because ahead of time, you have to kind of assign weight to all of the items that you are doing. Otherwise, get the wig might occupy the same 5% of a costume as sew the costume. So like that part, I just remember being like, oh, that doesn't really help me as far as like, actually making me feel like i've made progress <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean ultimately what you need to do prior to making any costume is to do what's called micro uniting and that's where you take a lofty task whatever it is and you break it down into a series of smaller tasks and so the reason why you would micro unit like what you need to make the costume happen like what are the essential components of this costume is so that you as like a person who has to execute this can handle the the mental gymnastics that are required to make a costume because <laughs> looking at something as a full finished product is very overwhelming and it's really hard for an individual to see what the completed look is going to be just by you know starting with a completed look but if you look if you break a costume down to like here's what the top looks like here's what the bottom looks like this is what needs to happen for the footwear this is what needs to happen for the uh for the wig wear like if you break it down into manageable pieces then you can more easily analyze what you need for those manageable pieces. And um, it's less likely that you're going to be overwhelmed and it's less likely that you're going to forget to order something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I could think of an example, um, we could easily go with... Um, my chest piece for the Aquaman uh, Futures End cosplay that I did. So that entailed um, mainly, if we were to go into specifics, um, we could look at um, his armor plating. Um, so like classic Aquaman, he'd got the orange shirt with all the gold sheen and the scales, but 
this interesting design had the chest piece like cut up in like a triangular shape. So like what did I do first? Like I grabbed as many pictures as I could of the outfit and then I tried to map out um or like trace and pattern I the armor itself um in addition to taking into account um my own like chest size um to feel to figure out like how long would I need this to be and then when I've got all those measurements taken out um then I would transfer the pattern onto like the foam and then I would cut out maybe like one sample piece and then I would do another piece and then stick them together not permanently, but just to figure out would I want it to be this thick? Would I want it to be even thicker? So I would make that adjustment, create however many more base foam pieces I would need for like my front, my back, and then the two shoulder pieces, which uh, could be a little bit difficult depending on how it's all shaped out. And then, you know, I'd get that done. I would uh, fuse them together, so to speak. Um, and then I would go into the scales part where I would just like zoom in on the picture, figure out the shape of the scale, um, and then just duplicate that for as much as I would need and then cut it out, try to fill in the whole armor plate. And then once that was all done, you know, I'd like glue it all on. And then um, <clears throat> definitely the challenging part after that would be uh, to uh, heat form the foam to my actual shape. Oh, and not to mention like fitting it so that um, I could easily fit it over my head and that it wouldn't be completely like almost like levitating off my body, like sort of sticking to like as close as it possibly could. And then once that was all done, um, then I just went to town on the um, paint, you know, with the primer and the sealant. And then I used like a lot of orange paint, um, specifically with the spray paint, because that just got it done a lot more faster. And um, I would adjust it if needed in order for it to fit over my head and then cover it up a little bit more in case the paint started to crack after I let it dry. And yeah, it's definitely a whole process. Right, but it's it's made more manageable if you're able to like sort of chunk it and be like, all right, I'm going to accomplish this small part first. Right. So but that's kind of why when I make costumes, I usually start by making the accessories first. Um, just because those tend to be smaller projects and it gets me excited for making the rest of the costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in certain cases, like, um, I know for Riku, I had bought mostly everything because thankfully I was able to find the outfit parts that I needed, like, online. It was mainly the Keyblade that proved the most challenging as the one thing that I had to make by myself. And that was the whole process in, like, okay, I got to get the right kind of wood. I got to figure out how to trace the shape and get it to cut through the machine that I used and then like once the shape was cut out I then like drew on it like how the keyboard looks in these certain areas almost by segmenting it off and then I'd carve it out go to town on the paint and then like I would paint each segment multiple times a day right down in the basement I could definitely remember doing all that painting um it was something. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your um, most memorable um, projects where you've done like the whole segmenting and like cutting it up into chunks and whatnot? Um, I think in recent memory, working on my toothless cosplay from how to train your dragon was a really great exercise in that okay uh, I de uh, so that one has a lot of leather work 
to it. So something that I had done was I kind of sketched out and I did a terrible job doing it. I sketched out the design of how I wanted it to look. And then I drew what I wanted each individual armor piece to look like sort of as a standalone. So I, it was almost as if like I took my character art and then like redrew each piece of clothing that that character was going to wear by itself. And I did, I like, I referred to it as my technical drawing, but I didn't do a good job because I was just like rushing through the technical drawing part of it, but I didn't need it to be a work of 2D art because the reality is I was going to put way more of my effort into making it uh, 3D reality. So, um, so yeah, I drew these horrific 2D drawings that I like brought with me to um, the store where I was buying my leather from to make the leather armor. <laughs> it was just like, ignore the, the quality of the drawings and we're just going to focus on <laughs> what it actually looks like. But I was glad that I did that because when I went to the store then, I had these technical drawings so I could say, I need, you know, 15 buckles. Three of them have to be this size. Five of them have to be this size. So like by drawing each piece out, I was able to then assign, well, how am I going to close it? What am I going to need for each piece? Yeah, yeah. So that when I go shopping, I can say like, I need 15 buckles. Yeah. yeah because otherwise what happens is like the compulsion is to say, oh, I need a bunch of buttons. I need a bunch of zippers but like if you don't know how many you need then you run the risk of not getting enough which or buying too much right buying too much is its own issue i find that for a project if you buy too much of something then that's something that you could like the surplus can be used in future projects um, if you're trying to save money, then buying too much is a bad thing. But if you are, you know, intending to do this more then buying too much is like, oh, well, I'll just use it for something in the future. Or but where I little... find most annoying is when I don't buy enough of uh, a something, usually with some sort of notion. If I don't buy enough, then at its most convenient, it means a trip another trip to the store. But given that another trip to the store is just not feasible right now, like not having enough of something is the difference between being able to start and finish the project like in a week versus having to wait another month for that something to come in the mail. Yeah. And that yeah. could be incredibly frustrating. Or in in a in a case where buying too much of something can act as sort of like an insurance uh, in case you mess up in making what you want to make, and you don't have the um, opportunity or or I should say that you don't run the risk of now having to go out and buy something else again, spending even more money than you already had. Especially yeah, if you're so doing a budget, yeah. When I make anything, when I'm sewing, I usually will buy a little bit of extra fabric just in case something doesn't quite work out or I need to uh, redo something because as much as I want to believe that I get everything perfectly right on the first try, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And especially when it comes to buying fabrics, uh you run the risk of that fabric not being available two days from now, a week from now. Like if you order oh, yeah. your fabric online to some degree, you have less of that problem getting your fabric at an actual like retail store and to some degree ordering it online. If you're not getting what you need at the time that you get it, there's a chance that it will be sold out the next time you try to get more. Oh Yeah. And I've had that heartbreak before where I've gotten, well, it's close, but it's not the fabric I was using. Oh, no. And that's very frustrating, too. Yeah. And then another thing you could do to help offset the cost of your outfits, um, 
is to go full on extreme couponing um, and take advantage of maybe like stores like Joann's and Michael's and I guess maybe some hardware stores like they'll have apps um, where they have daily coupons that are like always refreshed or you could have the coupon mailed or more so emailed to your account and just something to help you save a little more. Um, well, the we'll- important thing to know about places like Joann's is that you shouldn't be buying um, fabric from Joann's at full retail price. The markup at Joann's is so significant that they their business model is quite reliant on the fact that you're couponing. Yeah. So if you find yourself at Joann's and you're not using a coupon, you really are now officially paying more than you should for that product. As I said, that's the reason why Joann's has so many coupons is they know that the people who take the time to do that couponing and figure out which coupons can stack or try to stack them, those people are getting, um, they're paying closer to what they should be for that, for the worth of that fabric, as opposed to someone who's going and buying it um, without using any of their coupons. Uh, One thing that I will always um tout is that there are lots of um uh small businesses that sell um products at more reasonable prices this is particularly true for both hardware stores and for um fabric stores okay. i strongly support um i strongly suggest when possible supporting local businesses Especially, um, I live in Massachusetts, and so one advantage that folks who live in Massachusetts have when it comes to fabric buying is that as long as your fabric is under $179 per yard and you are using it for clothing, that fabric will officially be categorized as apparel. And any apparel under $179 is tax exempt oh. if it's above 179 dollars then it is considered a luxury item in which case it's it's subject to um, luxury tax but apparel fabrics are tax exempt in the state of massachusetts but if you buy apparel fabrics at joann's you still have to pay taxes and they'll still charge you sales tax because um the llc of joann's is not registered in massachusetts and i think it has something to do with like where they've registered the actual um institution that like the actual business of joann's how they calculate their sales tax i'm not totally on the up and up of that i am by no means uh studied on tax law or anything like that but as i said one thing that has saved me quite a lot over the years is um is the fact that shopping in Massachusetts uh, fabric that's being used for costumes is apparel. So I get to at least save on taxes. Huh. Interesting tidbit. Well, that's why it's helpful when um, like when the person who's cutting your fabric or the person who's um, at checkout asks you, what are you working on? If you're working on a costume, you should tell them, I'm working on a costume because that now changes the uh, the context that they are going to be uh, charging you by. Oh, Even wow. if like, well, there's there's uh, one fabric store in particular that I go to where I'll be buying upholstery fabric, but it's because I like I'm using it for non-upholstery items. So even though the store categorizes it as upholstery. I'm still not charged tax because I'm not using it for uh, curtains or a pillow or reupholstering. I'm using it for a costume. It's apparel. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to do it, I recommend staying above board about it because people are doing that out of the kindness of your heart. If you take advantage of it and you like, you know, are a jerk about it, then they'll stop doing things out of the kindness of their heart. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, don't ruin it for everyone. But this is something, like, you know, try not to 
abuse this, but it is something that if you're planning on making a costume, you should be mindful of. Right. Right. Absolutely. I have to wonder if that's ever affected. Cause I mean, I, I don't, I've never paid attention to stuff like that when I would just make my own outfit. I would just be like, yep, yep, get the thing, use the coupon, pay this amount. Hopefully it's not going to kill me in the long run. Well, I used to be an exclusive shopper at Joann's. It really was the only game in town for me. And my couponing, therefore, was phenomenal. Um, But it wasn't until I started going to, uh, you know, small businesses that I realized, like, oh, this is what the market price for certain types of fabric is. This is what I can kind of expect certain types of fabric to be. And as I started, like as online shopping became more uh, of a thing that everyone did, I got a sense of like, well, this is what you can expect linen to run for versus here's what a certain commercial site like Joann's might be selling it for. And then you can make the decision yourself. Is it worth it to have that access and the, you know, amount of, and the availability? Because sometimes the answer is, yeah. I still go to Joann's um, almost exclusively for their fleece because they have such a robust line with such an amazing array of colors. And for the most part, I can get them um, on sale whenever I need to. Right. Yeah, some stores will specialize in certain things that you can only get um, either at a good price or just like the convenience of it can help so you're not like you've mentioned, like sitting on your hand waiting for stuff to show up so that you can always keep that constant flow of work and creativity going when it comes right. to Right, like do cosplay. I think that I could get a zipper, like a separating zipper, cheaper somewhere else? Yes. Do I live only 20 minutes away from a Joann's? Also, yes. And sometimes I'm going to pay full price for that darn zipper because it was only 20 minutes away. Yeah. 20 minutes is better than waiting a couple of days. Right. Or even driving 30 minutes to a local fabric store to save, like, at that point, it's like, is it worth the 10 extra minutes, but really 20 if you count the driving there and end back? Is it worth the 20 extra minutes of my life to save two bucks? Hmm. Things Cotford got to decide upon (laughs) well i mean it's sad that this is the degree of like thinking about it that i'll i'll put in but like hey whatever justifies your your terrible decisions right (laughs) you all do it for the love of the craft that's what we that's what we tell ourselves well i mean i feel like so my perspective is of course coming from someone who is a creator Obviously, right. things will be different if you are a cosplayer who um, commissions or um, buys your cosplay commercially. Like things yeah. will very, very obviously be different um, in in that situation. Right, right. Hmm. Let me take a look. See. So we covered like craft stores, going to hardware stores, um, coupons, apps, creating material lists, uh, budgeting for your outfits. Um, and then as far as you had mentioned to me earlier, um, cosplaying on the cheap side, so to speak, if we're going to use that language, um, how would you go about that? Well, I mean, there are certainly things that you can do that require finesse, but can be done. Like, you don't need to get the name brand thermoplastic to still have a thermoplastic. Like, you could you could use, like, you could theoretically use a milk jug and heat that up and work with it to give a thermoplastic effect. Do I recommend it? Uh, it's it's finicky and it's challenging. So it's not um, it's not the easiest material to work with. So that's one of those things where it's like in lieu of uh, 
in lieu of using something that's more universally e able to be manipulated, you could just like straight up get good <laughs> 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 and use non-traditional materials. Um, I have seen a lot of folks using paper mache instead of a thermoplastic to coat their um, their props. Huh. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, it still creates a rigid shell. The disadvantage is that paper mache takes a while to dry. Yeah. And it's messy. Oh, yeah. But still cheaper because buying a tub of wood glue and some cast off newsprint is infinitely cheaper than buying uh, a thermoplastic. Yeah. And you'll probably have to spend more time sanding it. That's the other component of, of it. Of course, yeah. yeah but that, to some people, that's their reality. That's their cosplay yeah. process. Yeah. It just reminds me of something that um, <clears throat> Yaya Han had said when it comes to, like, what's the one thing that you would recommend any newbie cosplayer to do if they want to start out and um, making their own outfits. And I remember she would always say, practice your Google foo. If you want to just look up like a bunch of DIY on how to make this, how to make that, because you're, you're guaranteed to find something through Google, whether it's, you know, like instructions on a website to make this, or, you know, you could watch dozens upon dozens of YouTube videos on how-tos. Um, yeah, pra practicing your Google foo. That's what yeah, yeah, I would say. But it, but it's, it's true. And, you know, there are great analogs to expensive materials. So if you don't want to um, use leather because of its expense, or because of um, your own feelings about the use of such a material, there are analogs that you could use that are substantially cheaper. And I think one of my favorites that I've heard of is using EVA foam that you heat um, and press tin foil into. Oh. Because crinkled up tin foil that's been heated and pressed into heated foam creates that almost leather-like texture that you would get on a garment leather. Interesting. It's, it, it's very cool to try. So you would, you would superheat your, your foam and just kind of roll crumpled up leather into it. Like don't expect that you can, or um, crumpled up tin foil into it. Like don't expect that you could just lay down a sheet of tin foil and automatically get something. You, you, have, to, you have to really like work it in. But it right, gives right. a really neat textural effect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or um, using stuff like um, Google eyes to make like rounded uh, circles or uh, it, I think divots is the right word. Rounded divots for um, certain armor pieces. Like I know that's what I had to do with my um, my wolf Gijinka from Smash Brothers. Um, oh, are you yeah. talking about the rivet technique with the googly eyes? Yeah, yeah. Not divot, ribbit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Rivet. yeah. Well, using using googly eyes as rivets is both cheap and also consistent. Because I have seen folks who are like, well, I'll just cut my own rivets and I'll round them off and that'll be great. And it works fabulously. And that is one way that you can do it. But if you need to be OCD about your rivets all looking the same size and shape, then googly eyes comes in a variety of sizes. Um, and as long as you use the same sized googly eye, then you'll be able to get that consistent uh, rivet look. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. very cheaply, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, again, in my little cosplay supply bag, I think I still have, like, a dozen or so googly eyes left over. Because, like, I used, no, like, I feel like at least 10 or less than 10, like, for my wolf cosplay. Um, 
yeah. The things, oh my gosh, I'll still sometimes get complaints from my mom. Like, are you ever going to wear this again? Like, I'll hang on to it. Either I'll <laughs> wear it again or I'll repurpose it for something else. I feel like my answer is usually, nope. No, <laughs> never. I don't have a One problem. One time. One time. Oh, man. Anything else you want to add for those wanting to learn about budgeting for their outfits or wanting to? I think to... the most important thing to keep in mind is to not spend more than you are taking in or making. So if you really only have a hundred bucks, don't spend 100 bucks on just your wig. Um, because then you have no money for anything else and you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're like, well, I'll just eat ramen for the rest of the week. So I can afford this. <laughs> like, oh, if, no. if you can't afford the costume in the way that you want it to be made. Say you want a hundred dollar wig and $300 fabric, but you're running on a, a budget of like $150. Like, obviously you can't make that costume the way that you wanted to at that moment. So you really have two options. You can save and then make that costume later or compromise and use a less expensive material component to achieve the same effect. But you right. shouldn't be in a position where you are replacing basic necessities with cosplay. Cosplay is a great hobby. And it's really fun, but like asking your friends for money so that you can have pizza because you need you spent your pizza money on uh, cosplay would be like a big Not no, a, no. And no. I come up with this example off the top of my head because a couple of years ago, a friend of mine was telling me that he was dating a girl that had done this to him, and he ordered her a pizza, but like. When I thought about it, like for any measure of seconds, I'm like, wait a minute. If your cosplay money precludes you from having pizza money, then something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. On, on that note, like, like Mink said, cosplay is a hobby, it's awesome. Um, it allows you a lot of creativity and a lot of freedom, like how you want to make your own outfits, but it should never, ever, 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 ASMR in there, take priority over real life uh, necessities. That's the key takeaway. Right. And it's not like, it, it shouldn't be like, oh, I can't have fun things because I have to pay my rent. Like, Hopefully you're in a position where you can pay your rent and still have fun things. But it might just mean that until you're able to be in a position where you can cosplay more regularly, if you are finding that you're unable to cosplay and also comfortably pay rent or, you know, pay car loans or whatnot, you know, maybe take a break from making new cosplay or maybe just focus on the one and you save up for it instead of trying to come up with like multiple different costumes, like a new costume for every day of every convention that you're going to for the next like year and a half, like yeah, that sort of thing. And I know that there's a societal pressure to constantly try to be creating new things um, or showing up to a convention in a new cosplay. Like I, I get that. Oh yeah. But nothing should be more important than making sure your basic human needs are met. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with rewearing an outfit several times while you're either saving up money to start your next outfit or you're slowly chipping away at one outfit <clears throat> and you're not in a rush to get it out. Like I've done that countless, countless times with my um, Prompto outfit, and I feel like I could wear him for the rest of my life until the stuff doesn't fit me anymore, of course. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, and if if people do have a problem with you rewearing the stuff 
like the same outfit and not being able to come up with new things. Uh, that's on them, not you. So, like, also keep that in mind. Hmm. Well, um, with that sort of brief silent pause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this might be a solid place to wrap it up. Um, I mean, I would mention closet cosplays. Um, those are also a thing that a lot of people do. Um, I don't know. That could be an episode in itself or tagged on to another topic. But um, for now, I guess we will leave it at that. Um, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind uh, reviewing the show, giving it a rating if you want, if you really like it, um, it means a lot. Um, you can find me at my patreon.com slash lightning palace, uh, where it's 3D view, but I'll give you stickers and other cool things, um, if you feel so inclined as to pledge, um, along with my lightning palace blog and my Twitter and Instagram accounts, of course, uh, Mink, if they want to go find your work, where do they go? Um, well, you can find me at Mink the Seder on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are my big um, places to go. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can also um, find me on Patreon. And on Thursday nights, uh, I stream art and sometimes video gaming, um, which you can also find by going to Twitch. I'm Mink the Seder. All right, and with that, um, also, there's also a, um, oh, we keep forgetting, there's a Facebook page for the show, uh, facebook.com slash cosplaybytes, um, where you can also view when the episodes go live publicly, um, but in the end of all things, or, or I'm fumbling the ending, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to this episode, and please stay tuned for uh, more exciting topics. I got a whole table of exciting guests that are being planned, and I'm excited to share them with you. So take care, be safe, wash your hands, yada, 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 and I will see you all in the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave a review and feedback. You can also support the show through anchored listener support or on my Patreon, patreon.com slash lightningpalace. For more cosplay news and coverage, visit the Lightning Palace on Blogspot and follow Lightning Palace on Twitter and Instagram. See you all next time.